Welcome to ACC Nation. I'm Jim Quist, and our special guest is Sam Newman of Clemson Insider. Thanks for joining us, Sam. Uh, thanks for having me back. I'm glad to be back with you guys. Got a lot of, of uh, sports to go over here, um, <laughs> especially football. So let's just jump right into the football end of things. A lot of disruption in in the force mm -hmm. <laughs> in in Clemson, and uh, so let's just get your your thoughts generally on on everything that has that has happened. And, and then we'll get into a little more detail about what to expect. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess just going kind of back to when, you know, the coaching changes happen. It's it's not, I mean, with Venables and, and, and Tony Elliott, it was one of those things that was a matter of like, okay, it's going to happen, but when? And then it everything kind of hit at once. And then you had the athletic director leave too. So it was kind of like from people looking at the outside in, it was like, wow, this is an absolute disaster. And you know, things aren't going so well, but it, I mean, inside of the program, you know, it's, it's a day that Dabo Sweeney had prepared for and, you know, he, he went and made his hires and um, I think they feel pretty good about the, the direction that they're heading in. And, um, you know, they, they have a lot of the, the, the you're not going to replace Brett Venables overnight. And, you know, Wesley Goodwin is not going to be somebody who's going to step into and, and be Brett Venables because he's, he's just, they don't have the same demeanor, but he was his right-hand man for, for years and years. And, um, you know, the general reception around the locker room and, um, you know, I'm sure people by now have just kind of seen the videos on social media where they, the players carried him up on his shoulders after they won the cheese bowl. So that that's kind of the reaction. So a lot of it from, from people who don't really know the program too well, is like, wow, what's going on at Clemson? You know, the, the program seems to be in turmoil, blah, blah, blah. And, the reality is, it's just, you know, one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, the coordinators who for we that we've been lucky enough to keep for years and years, it's, you know, this is probably the most openings that there have been at FBS schools in a long time. I think there was over 20 something openings. So, I mean, when you have those high level coordinators, of course, they're going to get interviews. And I think Tony and Brent both decided that, you know, this was the right opportunity for them and their family. And I think they both ended up in good situations. And then Clemson was able to make some, you know, good hires from within. And, you know, they made an external hire with with um, Nick Eason, who used to play at Clemson, was the Auburn defense line coach. And, and now looking like he was pretty, uh, you know, that was, he might have had some insight. <laughs> I, I don't know, but it, <laughs> but it looks good on his part, considering what's going on at Auburn right now. Um but I would say the football program is in is in a better place than, than people, you know, would have thought it would be um, just because, you know, again, there's a lot of things going on. But um, I think just over the past month or so, they've kind of been able to manage things and they still, you know, even if you want to consider it a down year for Clemson and whatever you want to say about recruiting rankings and Clemson has never, even when they won national championships, they never had number one recruiting classes, but they still finished with the top 10 class and they still won 10 games. So yeah, if that, if, I mean, if that's going to be a down season, then, then so be it. But, um, you know, I think, you know, the fact of the matter is, is, you know, a lot of things tend to happen, you know, they they're losing their two starting cornerbacks, but then they also, you know, they have a lot of depth at that position. And then all at the same time, they're returning Xavier Thomas, they're returning Tyler Davis, they're returning, um, KJ Henry, you know, they, they might have one of the best defensive lines in all of college football next season. So I think there, there is a bright outlook there. Um, which is, you know, I think for, you know, the average fan looking in, they're like, okay, I don't, I don't know if uh, this Clemson dynasty is going to go on for too long. But, I mean, 
I think Dabo Sweeney's earned a little bit of leadway to say, okay, like let, let, let's kind of trust what this guy's going to do. You know, his, his track record kind of speaks for itself, right? Yeah, you know, as a head coach, he has certainly shown that he has a lot of managerial skills that people uh, really want in that position. By the fact that, as you point out, he had people lined up and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, we've always heard that next man up. And basically for players at Clemson, right? Well, here you go. Here's your coaches. Next man up. You've got it in-house, ready to go. And um, that seems to be working out. So when we uh, we talk about these guys who are taking over, uh, Will has, has asked me to, to ask a couple of questions of you, and this is one that we'll get right into. Mm-hmm. Will we see any difference in offensive and de- defensive schemes with these new coaches this season? I mean, I think it'll be the same relative, you know, schemes, but they're going to, um, but Goodwin and Schmieder are going to add some concepts of their own. Um, you know, Goodwin and, and Venables are a right-hand man. So I don't think it would be, you know, too, too potent to say that, okay, they're going to run similar things, but Goodwin's going to add some wrinkles of his own in there. And then, you know, Brandon Streeter was a quarterback's coach for Tony Elliott. So I'm sure they had some same offensive philosophies, but then Brandon Streeter was also an offensive coordinator at Liberty in Richmond where he, you know, did a pretty solid job there. So I think he's going to add in his own offensive tendencies. He's adding their playbooks. I think overall, you know, the offense and defense of their run is going to be pretty similar, but there's going to be, you know, different aspects that, that these coaches might want to include. So it's not, so, you know, it's not like a team's going from, playing like a three, four to a four, three, like it's, they're, they're going to continue to do what they do on on both sides of the ball. And and like I said, I think it's just going to be these guys, you know, adding some things that, you know, they they want to add into. Um, So I I don't, I don't think there's going to be that that identity change and that, that you may see sometimes when, when you promote, but um, when, when you have a change there, but I, I, usually when you promote from within, there's not too much of a philosophy change going on there. So we'll we'll get a better feel, I guess, by the time we hit the spring practice and uh, spring game. We'll get a, a much better, clearer picture of, of what to expect out of Clemson this season and, and kind of moving forward. And one of the big questions, again, this is a, a will question for you. Um, will DJ get pushed by the incoming freshman, Cade? Um, I, I think it's hard, you know, it, it's hard to say. I think, I think it's going to be DJ's job coming into the spring. Um, and, and, you know, all indications point to that Kate is a competitor and he, he's going to be a kid that is going to compete his butt off and, and come in there. And yeah, you know, he could push, but I think at the end of the, you know, I, I think it, we have to realize that, it, you know, DJ is very talented and, and he's working hard this off season to get back to where he needs to be. And, um, you know, there were some factors in there this past season that, you know, didn't really get talked about. But um, I think I think, you know, Kate definitely has a chance to push it. I don't want to sit here and say, yeah, he's, he's going to push him and, you know, they're going to be fighting for the starting job. I, I think there's no I think there's you know, I, I think it's it's kind of just like you look at it as like, OK, this is DJ's job and, and they're going to give Kate an opportunity, you know, to, to kind of show what he's made of. And obviously, you know, he goes down as one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play at his high school, if not the best. And that's a high school that produced, produced guys like Sam Ellinger, Drew Brees, and um, Nick Foles. And, you know, he, he's one of the – I'm not going to sit here and say he's the best quarterback in Texas high school state history because, that you know, that's a long list. But, you know, in recent times, he, he sure is. I mean, he's a winner and went out a winner. And, um, 
yeah, he, he's got he's got a very impressive resume coming into uh, college. And, you know, DJ came in when he had a five star in front of him. And granted, you know, Trevor Lawrence is a fresh uh, when he took over starter played significantly better than DJ. But I think, you know, he won 10 games. Um, this is still his team and he's going to have a hold on the job until he doesn't. Interesting. Um, just off the top of your head, based upon uh, uh, the video that you've watched of Cade and I've watched some too, but I don't spend the amount of time that you do in your position, um, mm -hmm. looking at the players as, as closely. Let's compare Cade for a second to Trevor and, you know, Apples and oranges here. Tell us a little bit about what you feel that Cade is going because that's the future. I think I think Cade's play style is it's funny you mentioned Trevor. I think his play style is more similar to that of the quarterback who was drafted right after Trevor and uh, Zach Wilson from BYU. Um, you know, he he can make some off-platform throws. He's he's a dual threat guy who can use his legs and you know, make I I think he, you know. His arm talent might not be the same of Trevor's and, and DJ just in terms, but, you know, he can still make all the throws. And I think he's a very accurate and precise passer. Um, but, you know, we're, I, 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 yeah, I mean, he's just, he's, he's a pretty polished prospect. But um, in terms of play style, I think he's, he's closer to Zach Wilson than he is to Trevor Lawrence. And that's not necessarily a bad thing um, because I think you're, you get to see, you know, if, if and when he, he does command the offense, maybe, you know, some more, utilization of, of him being a dual threat factor. So in, in, in today's age, you know, not to start comparing to Patrick Mahomes and whatnot, but Patrick Mahomes has created the notion that like, hey, you don't need to be, not created the notion, but you don't need to be a pocket passer, right? If, if you can, it, it doesn't have to look pretty, but if you can make those throws thrown off your, you know, if you can make those throws thrown off wherever, you know, make them. But um yeah, no, I, I think Cade is is somebody who, who can make plays happen and kind of thrives off of chaos and um, you know, you know, maybe may something that you need in a college quarterback to somebody who can um just make make the throws that need to be made and, and kind of, you know, not when the pocket collapses, you don't necessarily collapse too. And um I think you know, I've I've talked to him a good bit and I, and that's kind of what he what he talked about was those off platform throws and, and kind of thriving off of chaos. So you know interesting to see how he does um playing in this Clemson offense, but I but I think he's a guy who can um definitely be utilized in, in a number of ways and, and he's not somebody who's just gonna, you know, stand like a statue in, in the pocket. That's encouraging. And speaking of uh, Trevor Lawrence, have you by any chance become a Jacksonville Jaguars fan? Um, I'm believe it or not, uh, this is I'm actually a New York Jets fan, so that's kind of why I brought up the Zach Wilson gotcha. uh, comparison, you know. Um, but I, I, I'm not I'm by no means a Jaguars fan. Um, but you know, it's still fall, I still follow them pretty closely now that Trevor and obviously, you know, well, hopefully Travis Etienne gets back healthier this season, but um, yeah, no, I think uh, just mentioning that and, and the Jaguars, I think you know, you know. We're looking at the at it, you know, maybe uh, what two two maybe a month ago, two months ago, and looking at the situation, and they're like, "Wow, this might be one of the worst situations in football," and you know, the, their owner isn't great, and the general manager is a lot of guys didn't want to work for them, but to to get a Super Bowl winning coach and there's a history with quarterbacks and, you know, got the most out of Carson Wentz, who's kind of been, you know, um, I, don't, I don't think we have to say it. We kind of know, but um, 
yeah, I, I think Trevor, that marriage is is something to be encouraged about if you're a Clemson fan and also a Jaguars fan. And I think a lot of Clemson fans have started to follow the Jaguars, um, especially, you know, not getting in that situation, but especially because Deshaun Watson is, is not playing right now. And um, yeah, no, I think it, I think they could have done a lot worse to bring in a guy like Doug Peterson to, to work with Trevor Lawrence. And um, obviously his, his rookie season wasn't pretty, but I think we have because of guys like, you know, Justin Herbert and um, I'm drawing a blank on the other one, but, or maybe the way Mac Jones played this year, people, people have this false conception that like a rookie quarterback needs to come in and play spectacular. Now there's going to be growing pains that the NFL isn't easy. Um, so I think, you know, Travers showed flashes, but then he also showed signs of like, Hey, he's, he's not really playing with a great team around him. And not to mention it, it was his coach all the way in there. I don't, I don't really think so. So um, you know, he showed those flashes, but obviously we know how talented he can be. And, and just the hope is that they're able to build around him this offseason and that, um, you know, Doug Peterson can, can put him in situations to succeed and, and, and get the most out of him. Hey, and not to diss on Urban, but uh, <clears throat> glad he's gone. Uh, speaking of Deshaun, uh, where do you think he's going to end up? Um, that's that's really tough to say. Uh, you know, I, I think that's a million dollar question, right? I think pretty much every reporter that's associated with the Texans has said that, you know, he, he probably won't play another down for them. So, um, you know, the, the expert guess to say, Hey, like maybe he'll go play for Carolina, but I, in, in that, you know, would be the fit because he's from South Carolina. It's not, but the Panthers don't exactly have the draft capital to make that trade. And then you start having to trade some of your quality players. And then you're like, okay, why are we trading for a quarterback? I think the team that makes a lot of sense that, you know, maybe maybe they end up in the sweepstakes. This is just me throwing the name of the hat that I'd like to see is, is potentially the Tampa Bay Bucks with Tom Brady retiring. Um, you know, you can't really discount every team that needs a quarterback right now, right? Because you have a – it's kind of a league where you – it's unless you have a quarterback or you don't. It's kind of the haves and haves not. So, um, you know, obviously his legal situation is, is getting – um, you know, is needs to get settled and get that cleared up. I don't have a lot of home. I, I won't pretend to have a whole lot of knowledge on the situation, so I don't want to exactly, you know, touch on that, but uh, obviously it's a touchy subject and um, you know, there's a reason he didn't play. So um, you know, maybe if he gets reinstated, I, I think there's a chance that ever any team that needs a, needs a quarterback is, is going to be after him. Cause after all, I mean, he, he's a talented, you know, we know how talented he can be. He's a winner. Um was a winner in college, but I mean the when you look at the fact that he was able to go to the playoffs with the with the with Bill O'Brien, I, I think people are like, oh wow, that that might be a more impressive feat that, than we once thought. <laughs> just considering, you know, he kind of did everything he did to to <laughs> not even I don't think he was doing it on purpose, but self sabotage that team, and now he's um, you know, <laughs> you know how it works. But um, yep. yeah, like I said, I think any team that needs a quarterback is going to be interested in him. But I, I think. I think, you know, the I think, honestly, you could probably say three teams from, from the NFC South might be interested in him for, you know, I, I don't know if the Saints have the draft capital or, or the cap space, but like yeah. them, the Panthers and, and, and Bucks all need a quarterback. So if he's going to stay in the Southeast area, it all kind of makes sense. Right. So exactly. Exactly. Sorry to, to, to kind of get off track here and get into the yeah. NFL, but it's nice to talk about some of these players that that Clemson fans. Uh, well, absolutely. Especially. And then you have three Clemson players playing or four playing this weekend and then five if uh, as Dabo Sweeney wants to count Marion Hobby, the defensive line coach there. So That's right. um, 
<laughs> you can't really go without missing them, right? So that's right. That's right. It's all good. Let's get back to what's going on in the ACC with Clemson. Um, things things are changing slowly but surely in the ACC. I think there is a level of parity. It's been coming for a long time. Uh, Clemson is, well, at least this past season, uh, was no longer top dog and. we saw more teams starting to emerge. And I think that's going to be the trend of emerging teams, not that Clemson will be the top dog, but that there are more teams emerging. So let's take a look at the Atlantic for a second and, um, and sort of analyze who is Clemson's biggest threat in the Atlantic for this season and maybe even the future. Well, you know, that's an interesting question because, right? The, I mean, we coming into this season or this past season, everybody thought Clemson was going to run, run away with that, right? And um, to kind of just see the way that it, you know, turned into, it was like, wow, okay. Um, I'm trying to get, you know, th- it all blends together. So let me get the, these teams together in my head and not <laughs> mention wrong ones. Um, yeah, so the Atlantic. Um, I think you have to obviously mention Wake Forest just after the season that they had. Um you know, there's a, there's a lot. Of, I mean, if we're being honest, I think the only team you probably can discount as, as being a factor is, is probably Syracuse. Um, you yeah. know, but Wake Forest, they, you know, they're great. I mean, Clemson handled them pretty well, but they're, they're bringing almost everybody, um, you know, their whole coaching staff is returning, um, which, you know, there was rumors that Hartman might go elsewhere, but he obviously elected to contracted or the head coach. Clawson and then Hartman, you know, it, it came back mm-hmm. and you can't discount NC state who played very well this season and Doran got a contract extension. Devin Leary. Um, I like what I saw out of Louisville when I was down there for that game and Malik Cunningham is, you know, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he's very slippery and um, is the type of player that you, you can, I think you can win with there and, and Louisville's, you know, really picked up in recruiting and they might, they, you know, just picked up a four-star quarterback and might land another four-star receiver, some big names. And then you have – can't discount Florida State, and I think we want to. But, you know, what? at the beginning of the last season, you're like, wow, this team is – we were looking at it as like, is Mike Norvell really going to last the entire season here? And then they kind of got things turned around. So maybe they're trending in the right direction. And then, um, you know, Boston College is, is bringing back Jerkovich and as, as a quarterback, and I really like what Halfley's doing there. So I think there's a lot of teams that, that can be threats. And um, I honestly, just in my heart of hearts and what I believe is I think NC State might, might be, you know, the, their biggest threat. And then and then Wake Forest, um, you know, Clemson, even though they handled Wake Forest pretty easily, you know, Wake Forest still won, won the Atlantic and, and, you know, they lost a pit in the uh, ACC championship game. But, I mean, I, I don't think there's any – there was even though Clemson was able to handle them, you know, I think Wake Forest is still going to be able to do what they did last season and, and put up a significant amount of points just because not every defense that you're going to face is like Clemson's, right? And um, so I, I think those are definitely their two top teams that they're they're going to go up against. Um, I think I think Boston College kind of sneaks in there as well, but you know that that kind of remains to be seen. Um, their defense was not good this past season, and then. You know, they lost their quarterback to an injury, but they still managed to finish six and six. So um, it's kind of a matter of, of staying healthy for that team. But, you know, I think 
I don't want to be somebody to say, well, every, every team this year, but I think we can, you know, even though Boston college went two and six, you kind of have to in the ACC, you kind of have to look at it as like, okay, well, they lost their starting quarterback and their backup is, is a guy who has been here for four years, but you know, he's a backup for a reason. So, um, but I, I think you can look at last year's numbers to kind of give you a sense of, of where things might go. But I think, you know, like I said, I don't want to be somebody who leaves the door open for everybody, but I, but I feel like you can leave the door open for most teams except Syracuse, but I, but I still expect NC State and, and Wake Forest to kind of be those, those two teams that, that might give Clemson some trouble. It's worth giving a, a, a watch this year. I think it's, it's going to be different than what we've seen in the past, just from what I'm observing from, from mm-hmm. back, you know, looking, looking from the outside, looking in, um, because we look at everybody, and it, it's yeah, I would agree with you on Syracuse. I, I really have no idea what's going on there. But um, let's uh, let's move into basketball here. Let's talk a little bit about what Brad uh, Brunell is is doing with the program, or not doing with the program, depending on your perspective here. Um, here's a, again that outsider looking in. Uh, it it kind of uh, astonishes me to some degree, Sam, that the the program uh, and I've had we've had this argument here at ACC Nation over and over again. I, I just kind of feel like this is a program that should be doing a lot better, and I think that starts with the head coach, and I don't seem to see any changes going on there. Um, tell us a little bit about your perspective on, on basketball, what it's doing this season and, and the program in general. Well, I mean, I think you're right. I think this is a program that should be doing a lot better. And, um, we can't say, okay, well, they almost won this game. They almost won that one. But I mean, just looking at, for me, just looking at things, you know, they started off four and and they're at the Charleston, um, you know, they're at the Charleston classic and I, I was there and, they played St. Bonaventure and they had a big lead in the halftime. And this is a, you know, say what you want. Bonnie's is a great, is a great basketball program. They're a top 25 team in the nation. They're ranked number 22. That would have been a chance for Clemson to get a quad one win, especially on a neutral site and, you know, get the season off to a good start. They end up losing that game by three points and it kind of fell at it apart at the end. And that kind of became a, a thematic element to this season to where they can't, couldn't play complete games. And maybe you want to put that in coaching. I don't know. But at first, you know, you looked at this team and what they have and their pieces and you're like, okay, like this is the Brett Burnell and his staff are doing a great job of, of getting these guys to play together and play well. And then all of a sudden things kind of just, you know, fell apart. Um, they also had a lead against West Virginia and they should have won that game. They, they led that game by as many as 12 points and they lost by seven. And then, you know, the only game that I really look at that they were never in um, was that Rutgers game. And, and okay, but if you win the St. Bonaventure game and you win West Virginia, obviously they wouldn't have, wouldn't have played West Virginia if they beat St. Bonaventure, but that's besides the point. Then you would go to Rutgers and you say, whatnot. And then they have a chance to kind of rewrite things after those three losses and they go to Miami and for the first ACC game and they led in that game, should have won that game. Things fell apart at the end. A bounce back went on the road against Drake. Drake is a good basketball team and then you know they beat Miami Ohio they take care of business against South Carolina then they go and beat win at Virginia like okay they're, they're starting to get things turned around and then the month of January just wasn't kind to them and I think um you know after seeing them play at Duke everybody was like this is a team that can go toe-to-toe with any team 
you know, in the and I, I don't want to say like any team in the country because you know that, that's that's hyperbole. But Duke is one of the best teams in the nation, and they took it to them at, at Cameron, and they arguably could have won that game. But you start off with a game you should have won in the month of January against Virginia. They lose that game, and they beat NC State, and then they get wobbed at Notre Dame. Then they lose. Then they drop. We're winning by twenty something and drop a game at home against Boston College. Then they lose to Syracuse. Then they lose. Then they beat Pittsburgh and and then they lose at Duke. And I'm not going to recap the entire schedule, but it's you see that kind of element there where they where they you know take care of business and then all of a sudden they're on a run and then they drop a game and mm-hmm. it kind of catapults and you know there's a lot of winnable games that they've had kind of let slip away. I think the only two you can kind of look at okay. Is Notre Dame for me the the games I look at that they probably can't couldn't have won just based off how they played was Rutgers and Notre Dame. The rest of them they were in every single game and had had leads in a lot of these games and it's, um you know I mean I don't want to sit here and criticize the head coach. Um, my my knowledge of the basketball program goes just this season and I, and I haven't you know had that time you know to sit down and really go back and evaluate what everything Brad Burnell has done with this program. Um, but you know his words are not mine. They talked about when when they kind of got handed to them defensively against Syracuse when they give up 91 points on the road to Jim Beheim's team. Um, and granted, Syracuse has a lot of good players. They're a good team, and they made some tough shots in that game. But he was like, I don't. He he kind of questioned the recruiting and the toughness of the team, and then they came out and held Pittsburgh to 48 points. So um, you know, there's there's a lot of questions that that may arise, and, and definitely. I have some as well because this is it's just it's a confusing team because they'll go beat Florida State at home big victory and then when you're on that have a chance to kind of make something of yourselves they go to Georgia Tech and they drop a game and yes Georgia Tech is a is a good team they made the tournament last season right and I like their head coach and what their the direction of that program but if you're a program who wants to make the tournament you know you have games that you can drop and drop those games it's it's hard to really reconcile with and at this point in the season, they're 12 and 11, four and eight in ACC play. And I have, the, I have the schedule up in front of me. They have Duke, Notre Dame, Florida State, Louisville, Wake Forest, Boston College. So unless they go 5 and 0, they're going to finish under 500 in ACC play. And there's a very good chance that they could finish under 500 of the record. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and make excuses, but I, I think their season really took a turn for the worst when, um, you know, Hunter. Tyson broke his his clavicle um they just UNC ended up beating them they were able to hold held their own in the second half but just that lack of depth they have in the front court kind of came I mean when you have two true freshmen out there at, at forward you know against a, a team like UNC it's, it's going to be hard um and you know you, you can definitely just watch by being out there like okay this guy probably doesn't belong being out there but do you have a choice you know when you know, you, um, somebody like Ben Middlebrooks, and, I, you know, I don't want to sit here and criticize Ben. It's obviously not easy to be a true freshman, um, especially a guy who reclassified and probably didn't expect to play this season. But, you know, he's in there. And, um, you know, this was a season that you you would have hoped that for me, I, my expectations weren't high. But after, you know, a couple of games in and the way that they played in that first half against St. Bonaventure, you're like, okay, this is they lost to a tournament team for a reason. But then things kind of springboarded from there and they continued to get worse. And um, you know, after you know, after a four-no start, they've gone seven and eleven um and, and dropped a lot of important ACC games, games that they should have won. So right now, if 
I don't think they're playing it for anything other than pride. I think it's very tough to, to for you and I to sit here and say, yeah, they, they can rifle off these five game, five or six games that they have left, go undefeated, and especially without Hunter Tyson and, you know, make a run. But I think, you know, unfortunately for them, their their best chance of probably making the tournament right now is, is winning the conference tournament. And that's not, you know, something that, yeah, that, you know, I think we ever, that only happens so often where a team can, you know, make a run and whatnot, especially when you have the Dukes and, you know, the Wake Forces of the world who, and Wake Forest has 21s this season. Um, you know, sometimes those teams just don't let up in conference tournaments. So it's, it's difficult to sit here and, and, and talk about, you know, those should haves and would haves and, you know, the what ifs. And I think we know what, what Clemson is missing here. And, you know, this, when you look at the team and the way that they've played, for much of the season, it's kind of confusing because you're like, this should be a tournament team, but they're not. And I think, you know, I mean, Brad right now made the tournament last year and he just signed a contract extension. So it's kind of up to the new AD. They kind of determine what they want that future to be. But, you know, I, I think they have to realize that this, I think they do realize and, and we'll have to see going forward that, you know, this kind of isn't good enough. And um, you got to, you have to, you have to finish game. I mean, it's, so simple, so cliche, but you got to play the full 40 minutes. And I think that's just something they haven't been able to do consistently this season. And fortunately, it's kind of, you know, bit them in the rear. And that that's kind of why they're at where they're at. And we can sit here and say, oh, they should be there, but they're not. And it's unfortunate, but it's kind of their reality. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, and, and from my perspective, I, I look at the, um, the history of Tigers uh, basketball under Brunel and um, I, from my perspective, I think he is sitting on a hot seat. And even though he had a contract extension, um, I think he'll be lucky if he gets another season, to be frank. I mean, I, at some point, I think fresh blood needs to come into that, into the picture, both from the coaching perspective and the recruiting perspective. Um, that's my thoughts. We'll, we'll move on from, from basketball into a quick look at baseball. Just some thoughts on, on what the baseball team looks like this season. Well, you're, um, I mean, it's hard to kind of go from where they were last year. I mean, when we talked to, you know, the manager, Monty Lee, at the beginning of the year, you know, they went 25 and 27, um, which is not, you know, the norm for him. Um, and certainly his predecessor, you know, the, the first losing season Lee had his 13 years head coach and things kind of boiled over and frustrated. You kind of had some guys leave and, um, you know, before he took, even took over his coach, Jack Leggett, as, as we know, you know, 21 NCAA tournament berths, 11 super regionals and, you know, uh, six trips to the college world series. And they kind of just haven't reached that. Um, and last season was the program's first losing record since 1957. I don't, I don't think many people know that. Um, and they missed out in the NCAA tournament for the first time in, in nearly 12, 13 years. So it's, 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 uh, you know, only up from there. Um, they had the second lowest batting average in the ACC last year and highest runner on earn run average um i think the thing they have to hang their hat on is you know mac england decided to come back he was drafted i think uh, I, I might be mistaken but i think he was drafted in the 13th round by the washington nationals 
um, or something like that, but he elected to stay and, you know, he's going to be the race. And then Caden Grice is going to be, you know, a one-way player. He's, I don't think he's going to be pitching for them. So those are two guys you can hang their hat on. And then you have, you know, arguably somebody who, who's going to be one of the, you know, best baseball players in, in the ACC when he's healthy is Will Taylor. Um, you know, he, he could have been drafted in the first round of, of the MLB draft if, there were talks of it if you know he wasn't committed to Clemson and playing football and you know the Rangers end up did drafting him as kind of a whatever um sometimes teams will throw you know darts out there to see if but you know he obviously is committed to Clemson um and last year wasn't good enough they, they've taken responsibility for that um so they kind of I mean this season is about turning things around and I I can't talk about Monty Lee's job status because frankly we don't know what um, Graham Neff is thinking, the athletic director, in terms of what the expectations are for this team and and and, and whatnot. But, you know, thing, they just have to be better than having the second, you know, lowest batting average and the, one of the highest earn, earn run averages. I mean, when you're, when you're pitching staff has over a five ERA you're, you're, and you're not hitting, it's just not, it's, 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 it's you know, sit here and simple, but you're just not going to win games, right? You, you kind of have to score more runs than you give up. Um, <laughs> So, you know, baseball is something that I'm getting into. And, um, you know, I'm still fairly new on the Clemson beat. I've, I've been here since June. But, you know, we this is our first time leaning into baseball. And you've got to have to lean your, your full self into football and basketball. But obviously, like, they plain and simple, they, they have to, to be better than they were last year. Because it's a, I don't think many people re- realize this. Um, maybe the average fan, and I, not necessarily something that I, that I knew, Um but this is a pretty storied program, a baseball program, and they have a great history. And, um, you know, winning was something that came accustomed to. And, and Radakovich, who is now at Miami, he fired Jack Leggett, even though maybe he, he kind of deserved a little bit more time because they weren't getting past certain rounds. And, um, you know, Monty Lee hasn't been able to, to kind of live up to that. So um, it, it's kind of hard to see the direction that the baseball program took last year, but you know, maybe, maybe they can help turn it around. I think, I think it's kind of difficult to see just, um, just cause I don't think a lot of people saw last season coming and kind of the way that it developed. So I, I guess, you know, we kind of see how, how they respond to the adversity that they faced last season. Well, I'll tell you what, you, when you talk about a, a storied program, uh, you hit that on the, uh, that nail on the head because Clemson baseball has just been incredible to watch. Um, and under Jack Leggett, phenomenal run and Monty Lee had big shoes to fill there. And I, I figured it would take him some time, but maybe not as long as it's taking. Uh, hopefully he'll, he'll get a little more time because it does take some time uh, in baseball to build things back up. Hey, Sam, uh, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us and talking about Clemson football, basketball, baseball, and, and, delving a little bit into the NFL as well after taking a road trip down to Alabama to, to take care of recruiting uh, responsibilities for Clemson insider Uh, man, lots, lots of stuff on your plate and we look forward to having you again and talking more about what's going on at Clemson. Uh, Sam Newman from Clemson insider, our guest. Thank you, sir, for, for coming into ACC nation. Thanks so much for having me, Jim. Look forward to uh, returning hopefully in the future.